0: What's up, church planners and church planting enthusiasts? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter in arms, Matt Hess. What's up, Matt? What's going on, brother? Not much, man. You guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planners for the everyday church planter. So, whether you are a lead church planter, or uh, you're on a church planting team, or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. Matt, how is your 4th of July week going,
1: my Man, it was good, man. We, we celebrated Merca, and okay. uh, yeah. yeah, it was a good time, dude. That's good. That's good. We uh, had a little 4th of July get-together with all, all of our American friends, in Canada. like you and Jen, who are serving here in Canada That's with right. us, and right. had, a, had a little barbecue, had the inaugural Got a New Girl, man, is a good excuse to get a new girl. Okay. My old one couldn't make it, man, from the south to here. It only lasted a little bit through the winter the winners up here gets gets rusted and crusted and all that stuff okay gotcha yeah
0: so you got a new one got a new one buddy nice as i was
1: breaking it down and setting it up erica said oh ha- by the way happy father's day this is what your father's Day gift i was like but i i picked it out and got it and stuff she's like yeah i know it's your father's day gift
0: yeah <laughs> that's pretty lame yeah come on erica <laughs> she needs to get get with the program that's right yeah, it was it's been a good week for us too. It's kind of crazy uh time for us now. We're in the the thick of summer and so yeah. this is Mission Team season. Yeah, man. And there's lots of missions teams up. We got camps coming up and I think like for 22 days straight we're going to have a missions team here. Yeah. Um like every single day. And it's a lot of fun, but it's also crazy because your schedule just gets, you know, completely thrown
1: off kilter uh there's just you know it's jam-packed stuff going on all day Scott Ridenour who's our network liaison for the fellowships shout out Scott um he was telling me the other day we have like 20 teams up this summer working with the fellowships The network yeah with the network across the network wide so it's pretty cool man we just had two teams up one from South Carolina the other one was from Savannah Tennessee Mm -hmm. um good team where's your team from uh, they're from South Georgia. South Georgia.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, man. So just Florida, like Toronto. Florida, Georgia line. Oh, just like it. Yeah. <laughs> actually, probably about as opposite as you could get. Probably that's about right, yeah, actually. Yeah. They're doing a great job, though. They, uh, they're the killing team, The team actually uh, was out in the harvest yesterday, and they uh, they led somebody to Christ. Yeah, man. Uh, just going and passing out flyers for one of our upcoming kids camps. and uh, So it's pretty cool.
1: Pretty cool to see. <laughs> hey, this is off topic, um, but we always go off We're, topic. Are we
0: on a topic right are now? Are we on a topic?
1: We haven't even. We're said in what, the intro, man. We can yeah. do whatever we want. Exactly. Um, do you find we find that when when uh, American teams, especially from the South, when they come up and they start using their Southern accents and stuff, like it really opens up a door. Oh, it does.
0: People are like, "Where are you from?" And especially they, the guy who's leading this team. His name is Scott. And he's just uh, like. He's he's as southern as it gets. He's as southern as as they get. He's got a thick accent, but he's also just got a very witty, like, sense of humor. Yeah. Like, kind of comes up with stuff, you know, zingers all all the time. Yeah. And so he's been. uh, The Canadians love him. Mm -hmm. They're just, they're, like, fascinated with him. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He actually talked to.
1: (laughs) There were some people. Can you say this on the air? Should we say it on the air?
0: Well, I can always edit it out loud if it's inappropriate. I don't think it's inappropriate so let me think Mm, no no okay you're good good. I'm good so uh, he walked into this group of people and they were you know quite inebriated and uh, started talking to him in South Oshawa what I know. I was like, <laughs> people drink alcohol here. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Whoa! I thought all they did were try to kill each other with samurai swords and booze. And booze. that's a good combination. That's a deadly combination. That is a deadly combination. Yeah. Anyway, they so no, they're drunk. No samurai swords last night, but they were inebriated. They were drunk, and he's walking up and talking to him, and um, and like it's in the court. He he kept like, uh, you know, they asked him where he from. He was like New York City, and they were like. No, and he was like, "Where do you think I'm from?" and all this stuff. And yeah, like, and he keeps he just keeps on messing with him, and then um, she one of the girls was like, "She's like, you're funny. I'm gonna take you home with me." <laughs> well, Scott's wife might have something he to do it. He say held about. up his he said, and he held up his hand, and he was like, uh, I think my wife
1: might have something to Showed say Showed
0: his like wedding that. band. And she was like, I didn't mean it
1: like that. That's, how did you mean <laughs> well, it? I, you yeah, mean? I don't know how else you meant, I meant to Yeah, it, anyway. Just to leave you around the house when you need a joke or two. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, it's your turn. Stand up and say something funny.
0: <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and start jumping into today's topic. We're going to be talking yeah, about outreach events that produce lasting fruit. And that last part of that is uh, phrases important um, you know, I think anybody can do an outreach event. Anybody can throw a party. Um, but when it comes to the church planning world, we don't just want to throw parties. Yeah. Uh, we want to produce fruit, right? Yeah. We want to advance the kingdom of God. Uh, so uh, I think both of us have learned lessons. Some lessons have been learned the hard way. Yeah. Uh, some lessons have been learned just by observing others. Uh, and, uh, you know, some lessons we've learned just from doing what works. We, we figured out what works yeah. over time. Um, but what's maybe uh, what's maybe the biggest what's the biggest flop of an event Ooh. that you guys have ever had?
1: The biggest, the biggest flop. Golly, man! I'm trying to think. There's so many. Um, I think the two probably that sticks out the most. Uh, we the first one, the first public event we ever really did was we had a um, Christmas Eve Eve candlelight service that's clever i yeah, have thought of that wow before. that's witty i think i'm gonna do that this year yeah <laughs> so Chris is chris We this thing <laughs> fell on december 23rd and so we were like we're gonna do a christmas eve <laughs> eve service and you know sunday is on the 23rd this year is it really i think so oh wow we're gonna we're gonna resurrect that sucker well, let's um, find out if we are tell us the story so We had, we had like maybe six people in our core team, you know, and, um, we, and we sent out 10,000 mailers and first time we ever did anything like that. And we were like, man, all these people are going to come. We rent this big room at this, at the community center, and, um, Did
0: you forget that you were in Toronto? Did you I think, think you were, so, man. You thought you were in, I, in Dallas?
1: I was like, we're in Dallas, Texas, man. All <laughs> kinds of people are going to come out here. That's my Dallas, Texas, Wolf. There you go. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Sounds like Terry Jones. There you go. He's from Marcus actually. That's true. Um, but anyways, and so we, uh, we throw this event, man, and we start to set up. We're all excited and stuff. We didn't think things through. We didn't think through child care. Um, You know, we were just trying to just you just do what you know. Right. And so we have this event and um, we kind of we kind of advertise that we're going to sing some Christmas carols, a uh, message of hope, uh, about the Christmas story. And so we Erica, my wife, uh, makes this beautiful like centerpiece with these pine cones in the middle and this candle in the middle of it and like this glass thing that went over it. And, um, you know, right before everybody got there and stuff, we lit it and uh, the candle was glowing and the lights were dim. And I was like, this is going to be nice, you know? And so, like, um, I'm teaching and, like, in the middle of my second point, all of a sudden that pine cone just like goes up in flames. (laughs) And it's like at the front of the, of the, of the area, you know, where I'm teaching from and it goes up in flames. And so Andrew Lammy, who's our city catalyst for Toronto here, shout out Andrew. He, he picks it up, tries to like, like take it to the back kitchen and like douses it with water, you know? And, um, there's like, I think we sent out 10,000 mailers and all this stuff. And I think like 30 people came or maybe 27 people came Okay.
0: Well, the good news. Yeah. So the Lord knew. Yeah. It could have been like the, you know, the famous Charles Spurgeon story. Where yeah. Somebody shouted fire and people, fire! Got, people got trampled to death. Yeah. That
1: would have, so that would have not been well.
0: Nobody got trampled to
1: death. Yeah. I think the funny part about it was, is, um, <laughs> there was, so Brittany Hudson, Britt is part of your guys' church now. Britt was, uh, doing the greeting and when people were coming in and this, this lady brought her husband and, uh, the, 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 uh she told him like she the lady was asking Brittany like so it's or the guy her husband's like asking him, so is this, like gonna be some singing and and some and and uh some teaching and stuff and Brittany's like yeah it's gonna we're gonna sing a few christmas curls and then matt's gonna teach a little bit and uh Brittany said the husband looked at his wife said you said there wasn't gonna be any bible in this thing <laughs> and so I was like, "Oh, this is getting off to a great start, and okay. then we have pictures of like our kids and like a couple of our core team members' kids they were like playing in like this old industrial kitchen with like this nasty sink and like these sharp pipes and stuff We're like it's a great nursery place wow. man so yeah that was that was one of them we we did the other one we did that was pretty terrible was we had a penny carnival, so Canada was doing away with their pennies. And uh, so we had a penny carnival. We had all these games. and It was like the coldest. It was like in April, and it was freezing, mm-hmm. and our games were like not very quality, and the wind was blowing them all down, and it was pretty brutal, man. That so, does sound pretty brutal. I have a million more, but what's what's one of your two of yours? Um,
0: probably the worst one that we ever did. I mean, we really, man, we had some rough ones at the start. Yeah. Like, it's funny how that works. All your yeah. events really suck when you first start, Absolutely, it seems man. like.
1: And um, well, you're learning the context, right? You're learning what people want to do yeah, or don't. That's
0: true. I guess, especially when you're cross cultural planting, mm-hmm. like if you're planning in your own context, you probably can have some more success yeah. early on like doing things that, you know, people. Enjoy. Yeah. And if you're, you're well connected, you know, like if you're planning in the place where you grew up and you already yeah. know a lot of people, then, you know, obviously you're going to have more success putting on events. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, when you're going into a place where, you know, when we moved here, we didn't know anybody in Oshawa right. at all. Yeah. The, and the people we knew, the the best were you guys. And yeah. And you're like, you know, Pickering's about 15, 20 minutes from us. Yeah. And so uh, we did a, uh, we thought that, you know, we'd get real fancy and, you know, we'd try to, you know, contextualize and all that and put on a ball hockey
1: tournament. Oh, the famous ball hockey tournament. Yeah, My yeah. family was there. Yeah, they were. And so I, I think we're, I think we're the only ones. Like one of the, re, one of the, <laughs> well,
0: you doubled our attendance.
1: You
0: say that. right, yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I learned is that you shouldn't host a tournament about a sport that you don't know anything about. Um, That's cause I don't know, I don't know about hockey. I don't care about, I'm about hockey. To, I'm
1: about to throw this football over those mountains. I'm about
0: to throw this football
1: over the mountains. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's what I know about. I know about oh, I know about man. football, so yeah. And also I also know about the gospel. Yeah, you do. And they
1: don't think I know a buttload of crap about the gospel, but I do. You do. That's
0: right. I do know a buttload of crap about the gospel. That's what that's what I like to focus on. That's it, on. bro. Not hockey. Not ball hockey. So anyways, yeah, but we you know, we had. We sent out a bunch of flyers for this thing, and we had a missions team up, and this was like the missions team's main project. Yeah. They were super gracious about it. Like, they were really encouraging to us, even though, like, I could tell. I mean, it was like, if I were on a missions team, and that was my one project, <laughs> and I went on a mission trip, and all I
1: like, got there, oh, I'd be like,
0: why the heck did I come, you know? And like... Because we bought all this food, we had, yeah, I remember we had man. so. You had much
1: face much painting, food. I think. Is that yeah? Like uh, yeah, yeah, like different so. games. You guys rented the games. Remember the oh, carnival yeah, games? The carnival
0: games, all that stuff.
1: Gavin was whacking on that hammer. Yeah. Thing, uh, my the ball hockey
0: old. tournament. Nobody played, so that didn't actually happen. We just kind of actually. Played. No, nobody played ball hockey, so the whole point <laughs> of the the thing. So, anyways, oh, bro, yeah, we just we you know we just kind of realized that we shouldn't do ball hockey tournaments anymore, and we learned yeah. the hard way from that one. But uh, yeah, that's so, so funny. That's man. one among many flops. But you know, we've all, we've had some some good ones since then as well. Um, you know, but you know, it's funny is that we've had events where we've had a lot of people show up. Uh, as well. And I would say that they weren't exactly quote unquote successful. That's right. Uh, Man, that's a good word right there. What we want to do. So I guess that's kind of a good segue into, yeah. you know, this next part, what is the goal of doing outreach events? Like what are, what are you looking to accomplish?
1: Man, dude, if you would have asked me that, so you mentioned party earlier and like as Christians, we should throw incredible parties, right? Like Jesus, but I would say this, Jesus is always the guest of honor. Like we, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to do things, man. I, I, I coach church planners and it's like sometimes I feel like we do things just to do them. We like, you know, we're we're we want to be a blessing in the community. And yes, we do them. Um, but so I used to think I used to think in the beginning in church planning, like we had the market cornered on community. I used to think that. Like the church. When I say we, i.e. the church. The church has the market cornered on community. Like this is where you find real friends. This is where you find real fellowship. This is Mm -hmm. where you find real love. That's not true. That's not true. Gangs have community. Um, You know, people that are doing legit like, um, outreach events, like basketball tournaments and stuff like that, like the YMCA, they have community. Mm-hmm. You know, your city, the city of Oshawa, Pickering, Toronto has community. Mm-hmm. There's You can get community anywhere. What we have is Jesus. Yep. And sure. Jesus has to be the key of everything we do. So the goal, and we, we have a filter, or a lens that we look through with every single outreach event that we do at Fellowship Pickering and in the network, I would go as far as to say too, because I know you guys all do as well is to make sure Jesus is at the center. And so for us, that includes some things like gospel conversations. We wanna have gospel conversations at every community Mm -hmm. event. And in some way in, in some when it's appropriate. And when I say when it's appropriate, when it's feasible. It's always yeah. appropriate to share the gospel. But when it's feasible, you can't just always, you know, if it's snowing or whatever it might be, it's tough right. to get up there and start to preach or whatever. Yeah. But to, to share the gospel when it's appropriate. If you're indoors doing an indoor event, have a time where you break off and you say, We're doing this because we love Jesus. Yeah. And he loves you. And we want to tell you how to have a relationship with him. Yeah. Uh, I think I think planners sometimes are afraid they're gonna scare people off, but newsflash you're a church,, yep. and if you tell people you're a church, they should know you're about Jesus
0: mm-hmm. well, and that the the whole being afraid of scaring people off like it's interesting how theology uh forms a lot of this, yeah, that's right um, you know like that 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 thought comes in because Ooh. theologically, yeah. there's something you know underlying all yep. that that's telling you that it's possible for me to scare somebody off. That the Holy Spirit
1: is already drawing to Himself, Dude, and that, that's such a good know. word, man. Like John six forty four, Jesus yep. says it. We talk about that yep. verse all the time. You know, we, God's doing some really cool stuff right now in the network, and we sense uh, even before we started recording today. You know, like He's bringing revival, and um, every time we start talking about revival. Sometimes people are like, well, what about the people who are just journeying with you? And it's like, what about them? Like historically, when, when God falls down on like a couple hundred people and they get right with him and they get spirit filled and they're anointed and they're like, you don't think those people who are curious are going to receive that overflow? Like they're going to get impacted too. Mm -hmm. So man, that's a good, for all the church planners that are listening, if you think that your event is what's going to save people? Yeah. Like just don't do the event. Well, you
0: know, <laughs> it's like, not it's God's just... spirit. I mean, like remember like, you know, I know this parable is in the context of judgment day, but you know, Peter talks about, you know, the parable of the dragnet, uh, you know, and like God's the one that separates the good That's fish it, from man. the bad fish, and That's like it. we can't put ourselves in his place trying to separate which fish, yeah. you know, or,
1: you know, go in which bucket, right? This so, is why like, you know, This is why we can have terrible events and like your centerpiece catching on fire or nobody coming to your ball hockey tournament and God's still doing what he's doing in our churches. Yeah, because it's not about that event and people will come to those terrible events and they come back. They don't care about what happened or didn't happen. The spirit's drawing them, and he's doing the work. And they people see authentic. They, you know, real recognizes real. <laughs> you didn't see that one coming, did you, bro? I didn't. Also, didn't see.
0: Also, I wish you guys could have seen the snarl on Matt's face when he said that. It was a really gangster snarl. Well, you know, real recognizes
1: real. Know, it is what it is, bro.
0: <laughs> That's right. That was man. a snarl right there. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, the goal for outreach events, you know, is uh, like you said, gospel conversations and relationships. <clears throat> like yeah. I'd rather have an event where we've got ten people that come where we had really good conversations with them and we made connections than ten thousand people where we made none. And I know you guys. I think you had an Easter thing one time where you had like seventeen hundred people show up to an egg hunt, people, and you man. said like, "We'll never do that again, never," right? because it because there was no lasting fruit that came out none. of it. And so, like, ultimately, I think a lot of times—this is what I see a lot, uh, just observing other church planners and things like that, is that uh, they they get excited about wanting to put in their newsletter how many people came to their event. But, like, honestly, in the end, who cares? Who cares if nobody
1: comes to Christ?
0: Yeah, like, who cares, you know, like— like, it shouldn't matter, you know, what we can put in our newsletter. What matters is, you know, what's being done to advance the kingdom of God, right? Yeah,
1: and let and me just put a little, let, let me put a little, like, precursor in here. I would say, when we say who cares, you you do things in your community to show your community that you love them, mm-hmm. right? So, like, mm-hmm. the egg hunt. It wasn't, like, a complete failure. It was just, you know, we did that, and we showed our community that we love them, and you know We're doing this for free. We're doing these giveaways for free, all that kind of stuff. We're showing that we care. But when you talk about some an event on that scale for a small church plant, you're exhausting workers, you're exhausting um, uh, resources, all those kinds of things. Yeah. And so you just have to go back. Yes, you do things all the time to show love for your community. Like I know you guys are doing like soccer pickups and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. and you're hosting those things and you're showing love and you're showing care. It doesn't have to be on that level though. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be on that scale. We had 700 people come to that. And I think we did that on a Saturday and we thought we'll do it on Saturday. And then Sunday we'll have like two services because so many people is going to come back. And I think we got eight people from that 1700 yep. that actually came just to check us out. Yep. And two or three of those people came because they misread the, the the invitation on the card or the social media ad. And they thought that the egg hunt was that morning. <laughs> so,
0: you know, whatever works. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think that like ultimately if we're, um, you know, if our goal is to reach people with the gospel and we really believe that the gospel is the power of God and the salvation for everyone yeah. who believes the Jew first and also for the Gentile, then we need to trust the power of the gospel and trust that like, like, man, if you get, if you do an event and you get people there and you get in front of them, like, you should be doing everything you can to avail yourself of that opportunity to share the gospel right. with those people right there and just trust it. Like, the gospel's not going to scare them away. No. Like, that's how we find people of peace in the first place. Absolutely, You know, man. I can always tell people, um, you, you know, like, I we believe that building relationships is important in our community, yeah. right? But I think me and you would both say, like, uh, like we do not agree that you need to wait for, you know, seven years before you share the gospel no. with somebody. Cause I think everywhere you look in the Bible, uh, the consistent example in scripture is that they were sharing the gospel early and often. Yeah. Uh, just go read the epistles. The tone is a tone of urgency yeah. in scripture. Yeah. It's like, we don't have time to wait.
1: Yeah, that's right. We don't I have mean,
0: time to like, wait yeah. to share the gospel. You share yeah. it now.
1: <laughs> At first Peter so. tells us Jesus is long suffering, right? And mm-hmm. I, I, the only reason, like he's long suffering. The only reason why he hasn't come back, cause we know he's coming back is so more people can give their lives to him. In my opinion, you know? And so yeah, yeah. I, I, I think he says that in second Peter that's, chapter three. That's, that's, you know? it, right? so that's exactly it. So says. I, I think, you know, so we have to, we have to be urgent with the gospel, yep. you know, don't just do things to do things. And, uh, it's a good word, like mm-hmm. having, so you can put like in your newsletter, this many people came and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So
0: what are some, what are some, maybe some mistakes that, uh, might be kind of common when it comes to doing outreach events uh, besides making the goal get as many people here as possible yeah what are some of the mistakes
1: i think you have to you have to know what you're going for you have right. to know a, a week we kind of had probably about two years ago, we took a step back and said, man, we we need a new scorecard. Like we need to know when we're winning. We need to know when we're winning as a network and we need to know when we're winning, like as a church. Mm -hmm. And so like, how do you know when you've been successful? And so sure. Attendance. Don't just throw out attendance. Uh, Count attendance. Count how many people, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like that can be on your scorecard, but it's just, it's not the scorecard. Mm -hmm. And so how many converse, how many gospel conversations did you have? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, how many how many personal invitations did you give to to the follow up event or whatever it might be whether it's church or a life group or a small group whatever it might be I would say this too like one of the biggest one of the biggest mistakes to answer your question I believe one of the biggest mistakes that church planners make is they do not saturate things in prayer. They do not pray over these events. They look at these events mm-hmm. as this is something that is just we're doing in the park, or we're doing at a house, or we're doing um, for Canada Day, or, um, or whatever event it might be, or we're in this Christmas parade with, with our church float. No, like you need to have a prayer strategy mm-hmm. for those community events. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. When we first came here, um, we we were just not getting started, and we were having a team up. We only had about five people in our in our core group at the time. And we were having a team up and we knew that that team wasn't going to fit in our little 900 square foot townhouse in Pickering that we lived in at the time. And so we had that Bible study, our typical Bible study, our small group in the park and we were going to do it in the park. And this lady, we're all my, my, my little family were all walking out to the van and this lady is pulling up into our driveway and she says, um, Oh, are, are you, are you pastor, uh, Hess? And, and I said, oh, uh, yeah, I'm Matt, you know, and I'm like, who's calling me Pastor Hess here, you know, and and um, I, we had a preview service and we had started, a, we had one preview service and we had started to invite people into our home for what we called Pastor's Open House mm-hmm. and Bible studies and stuff like that. And so um, she said, is this the Bible study? And I said, yes, it is. Um, but I said, we usually do it here, but we're doing it in the park tonight. And so she said can I follow you and I said absolutely. So we got in the car she followed us over there and we had an incredible night um sitting there in the kind of in the wooded area, you know, there's like some, it's a little um just the leaves are covering us and stuff like the the branches and trees and we're kind of under the under the trees is what I'm trying to say. And it really Why bad. Why didn't you just say <laughs> I, i'm kind of confused at what just happened what did you we're you say under the trees we're, we're under the trees and so because so I'll, I'll tell you later but so we're sitting there and it starts to rain and uh everybody starts to run to their cars but this woman her name's liz liz is just still standing there talking to me and i'm like okay you know obviously something's going on here and um I'm talking to her and I feel like the spirit said, this is the girl. This is the lady I told you about. And so I'm like, okay. And so I look at her, I look at her eyes and I says, I say, Liz, have you ever asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life? And she said, no, I haven't. She said, but I would like to do that. Sure. And I said, you want to pray receive Christ right now? And she said, yes, I do. And so right there, man, she prayed the sweetest prayer. Gave her life to Jesus. I baptized her a couple of weeks later. Now here's the backstory to that story. That day I was going to that park, mm-hmm. and I was walking across. This is where the trees thing. I got confused in my mind. There's a big open field. It was at Vaughn Willard. Mm-hmm. There's a big open field, and you got to walk through that open field to get to those trees yeah. where we were going to do the Bible study at. And I'm walking across that field, and the Spirit stopped me dead in my tracks, middle midway of that field. He said, "I want you to pray right now that somebody." For somebody who's going to come this Bible study night, they're going to give their life to Jesus. And I said, "Who would that be?" You know, I, it's it's our core group. And and he said, "I want you to." And so I prayed right there. And then in the middle of that conversation with Liz, I, I felt the Spirit's prompting, me, saying, "This is her. This is mm-hmm. who I asked you to pray about." Mm-hmm. And if I wouldn't have stopped to prayed for that, tip just that outreach, little outreach Bible study event that we were doing in that right. park, I don't know. You know, Liz is a faithful member today at Fellowship Pickering, um, growing in the Lord. So I I just, there's so much power in prayer, man. Mm -hmm. And I see guys so much. They throw this event together. They throw that event together. But you got to get on your knees and you got to spend time. And I would say specifically ask God to do some things. And people say, well, what do I pray for this? Pray that people would get saved. Pray that people be born again at your event. You know, pray that people would... um, Get connected to your church. Pray that people would come to your Sunday morning gatherings. You know, pray for somebody to come to a small group. Pray that somebody would get into a discipleship mm-hmm. relationship. So, I, I would say that's one of the biggest mistakes I see, and lack of ten, intentionality with what they want to do with mm-hmm. the event. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that's really good. Um, it reminds me of uh, I was actually listening to a John Piper sermon uh, yesterday, and he said something that really struck me. He said, "God." Not only ordains the ends, but he ordains the means. Yeah, right. And so he, it was in the context of the 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 uh, story in First Kings of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Right. Yeah. And um, so uh, the the whole lead up to that was that Elijah had prayed that it wouldn't rain for three and a half years, yeah. and so there'd been a drought. And mm-hmm. then there's right in the middle of this, the end of this drought, there's this showdown. Right. Yeah. Between God and the and and the prophets of Baal, and we all know the story. You know, God. Like, flexes his muscles big time. Yeah. You know, prophets of Baal, um, you know, get put out of their misery. And then God, but then, like, God could have just made it rain at that point. Right. right? Like, he could have just said, okay, I'm going to make it rain. But he didn't. It wasn't done. He had Elijah go up on the mountain and pray seven times. And seven times he sent a servant, go look and see, right? Yeah. No, I don't see anything the first time. Yeah. That went over seven times. Why did God do that? Yeah. Why did God have Elijah go and pray first? Why didn't he just make it rain? Because God wanted them to understand and to know that it is by my hand right. that these things are happening. That's right. And don't get it twisted like yeah. it's by me. And so, yeah. like, I, I, I agree, man. I think that, um, you know, God, yes, he's already, you know, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, secret's out. I'm reformed, right?
1: <laughs> You're reformed? Oh, my gosh. I know, it's crazy. How did we what? let you plant with the fellowships? <laughs> we're all Arminiasts. No, we're not.
0: <laughs> Anyways. Um but you know, like I you know, I I believe that God is sovereign and in control sure. of the ends and Absolutely. that He knows who He's gonna bring and draw into his kingdom, but that that's those things are not gonna happen apart from us praying. No, that's those right. things are not gonna happen apart from us, you know, uh it, like there's a part for us to play. Man, dude, and, if I could
1: it, like if I could just talk to church planners out here listening, like if you think you don't have a part to play in this, you're you're crazy. Like if you think you you're like I I obey God, I went to Portland, I went to I went to Los Angeles. I went to Chicago. I went to uh, Toronto. Wherever you you you've been called a plant, and you think that you know you because you obeyed, and then God's just going to do what He does, and you you kind of think, man, you're slipping into some bad theology. That's right. So it's really a deistic view of God and and how you think. You know, like yeah. God made all this. He called me here, and then He's going to do it. But scripturally, we see, we were just talking about this before we started. You've got to pray for the harvest. Yep. You've got to ask God to raise up leaders. You've got to, we're, man, we're learning this so much right now at Fellowship Pickering. You've got to ask God to do these things.
0: Well, just think about Elijah, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you, you think you've put on some pretty cool events. Freaking Elijah called down <laughs> fire from heaven, and it, yeah. it not only. Burned, Have you called fire down from <laughs> heaven, church planner? It didn't just burn up the sacrifice. It says it burned up the stones yeah, in, in the water. Imagine like the heat. Like it licked up the water and the dust yeah. and the stones. Yeah. Like that, like God was trying to make a point. Yeah. You would think that would grab people's attention, right? Yeah. And like we think, okay, so we put on an outreach event, and then yeah. that's that's all we need to do. That's. That was not what all he no. needed to do. God still had Elijah go up onto the That's mountain right. and pray, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I mean, I don't want us to get off too off topic. But but again, I don't feel like this is off topic because no, I feel like our theology actually informs even how we do outreach events. It and, should. Um you it know, should. like this all this stuff is connected because we're not I mean, these events aren't just for fun. No. Um they're uh it's kingdom business, you yeah. know what I mean? So uh, a couple things, just a couple more things to add when it comes to mistakes for outreach events. Um, we kind of already talked about this, but d- doing an event just to do an event, yeah. um, you know, I-, I-, I found that when um, events make sense for your community, that they they do much better. I think sometimes we just we're trying to find something to do. Like I know yeah. one time we, you know, we've done events like we did a family fun night, and you know we actually had good turnout for it, but I just Found that it didn't really have much lasting fruit, as yeah. opposed to like uh, something else. Like we we do a uh, uh, an event called Uplift every year now, and it's a single mom's appreciation. Yeah, manner. and we came up with that idea because we were looking at our community and studying our community and seeing the pain points, and we knew that. Uh, you know, there was a lot of broken homes and there's a lot of single moms. And so we thought, well, how can we stand in the gap there Mm -hmm. and minister to that specific need that our community has? And we've seen a lot of last incredible from that. And it's been, it's one of the, our favorite things that we do every single year. And so, um, your speaker
1: last year was beautiful too, by the way, that your speaker that you had for that uplift event, you're married. Well, I know,
0: but still, the speaker was Matt's wife. So don't <laughs> worry. Okay. Shout out Erica! Shout out Erica! We had we had fun having them uh, interviewing them a couple weeks ago. Yeah, well, it was I a guess blast. Technically, for you guys listening, it was last week because That's right. We're going to play this episode after that episode. Yeah. so
1: so it's like two two weeks or something like that.
0: Well, one week for our listeners. Yeah. but two for us.
1: Yeah. Any, anyways, anyways, anyways,
0: back to the thing. Uh, another one waiting to plan events until the last minute. <laughs> yeah. That is. Okay, the tyranny of the oh, urgent man. can take over in church planting mm-hmm. really quickly, especially in the beginning when it's like you and your wife doing everything, and you're having to. You're the event planner, and you're the administrator, and you're the you know the financial uh, planner, and you're the preacher, and you're yeah. everything else, right, uh, for the church, and then you're just trying to plan these events, you know, at the last minute, uh, and I think that <clears throat> you've got to have some foresight. Uh, Because number one, it'll help you just to, you'll do better events. Uh, Number two, you need foresight to be able to, I think, to advertise it well enough. Um, You don't want to advertise it too far in advance, but you also don't want to wait too late.
1: I'd say Um, that's a big one, man. I didn't say that mistake, but I agree. Like if you don't, if you don't have your ducks in a row, you can't communicate it. If you can't communicate it to people far enough in (laughs) advance, if you're doing something like last minute Man, especially here in the GTA, the greater Toronto area, people, is I don't know if you guys get this, but man, I feel like where we are, people like plan their years in advance. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. crazy. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, especially in the summer months. Mm-hmm. So you got to get the word out yep. sooner than later.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can't do last minute events. Um, and then <clears throat> the other thing is uh, just depending on outreach events is your only outreach strategy. Yeah. Um, I think we can become over dependent on them if we're not careful, uh, because, um, it's easier to throw money at, at lostness than it is to go get in the thick of it. Yeah. And an outreach event, it's, it's tempting because you can, wow, you know, I can throw up some Facebook ads and we can send out some mailers and then we can just wait for all the people to come to me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, Number one, depending on like I know in our context, it doesn't exactly work like that because people don't care. Like they're not going to come to your event. Yeah, Uh, I found that like the the most effective way to do an outreach event is to personally invite people. Mm -hmm. So like what we try to do is we try to combine our harvest outreach with events. So yeah, we had this July Fourth party. In Can- I know it's weird. It's in Canada, but we didn't we didn't call it that. We called it a barbecue. Yeah. We just had a party, but secretly we were celebrating America's birthday. Yeah, but that wouldn't go over well for Canadians if that's what you told them you were doing. So we didn't tell them that. Yeah. per se. but we had a party for the Ju- for the Fourth yeah. of July. So what we did is, as we went out in the harvest this past week. Man, when we when we met people and we had good conversations, we invited them to that. Sure. Like, absolutely. hey come and hang out with us. Yeah. You know, like come and we're gonna have fun, we're gonna yeah. you know, we're gonna have games, we're gonna have food, things like that. And people will actually come, like I,
1: when they're I, personally invited. Yeah, man, I think that's positive. Like I obviously I don't want us to drift into you know, conversational methodology, but I think that, we do, well, I, we do the same thing, and I think it's effective for a couple of different reasons. I, I think as planters, you always wanna think, and where's the open doors? Where are the doors that people can walk into our church from? So for some people, that's gonna be on a Sunday morning gathering. Other people, that's gonna be at an outreach event. Other people, that's gonna be when you're engaging them in the harvest, knocking on their doors, whatever that might be. And And I think if you can help them, help introduce them to multiple possible open doors, you know, that they can come and and be a part of what you're doing. I just think it's positive. So we do the exact same thing. Um, we, we got a camp coming up this, this, uh, like at the end of the month in July and, um, Erica is coordinating with, uh, the she ministry and some just people in the church that just want to get out into the harvest on Saturday. And, you know, they'll go out and they'll take our cards and they'll pass those cards out and they'll share the gospel Mm -hmm. and, and do some other things. And, um, yeah, it's just positive, right? And so when people ask you, like, "What are you doing? Who are you with?" You know, here, who am, this is who I'm with. Here's some things we got going on in our church. Mm-hmm. Share the gospel with them. Move on.
0: Yep, yep. It's good. Well, let's. Um, I want to kind of end on some musts uh, that should be implemented in any sort of outreach event. So, what yeah. are some of the uh, the things that are just imperatives um, that we should be implementing in any? Uh, outreach event that we do i i 'll go first and i 'll say yeah. number one is you need to have a plan to follow up with the people who attend mm, absolutely um, it's what a travesty if you have this event and you have some people come and you make uh good connections with them and you 're having good conversations and then but you don't think through. Um, getting the contact info for these people and you don't think through what's our plan for following up with them? How are we going to follow up on this event? Like, honestly, in a a very real sense, you can actually waste the entire event if you fail to think that through. So uh, obviously you need to get people's contact info Um, and, you know, like one of the lessons we learned um, that, uh, you know, we, we learned doing our camps was the first couple of years we did our camps, we would get contact info. We never got people's addresses. Yeah. And so that's an adjustment that we made. We realized, wait a second, like it would be far better if we could get people's addresses because then we can personally go knock on their door yeah. and like follow up with them. And so that's something we've started doing. Yeah. Uh, and it's a lot more effective that way yeah. than just having phone numbers. So uh, that's that's one of my first imperatives. What, what would uh, some of yours be?
1: Golly, man, I, I would say – You know, just to elaborate a little bit on that, that so many planners I talk to, they they say, "Well, I can't get people to do this. I can't keep people." It's not as hard as as people make it out to be. If you have like just a little a welcome table when people first come on the site of your event, and you have a big signage, your signage should be clear. You should have clear. Uh, church signage, you should have your website on your signage, you should have some way where they can come on there and they can see, you know, like, okay, this is the church, this is who's doing this, or whatever. And then when they come up and they... They sign in, have a few giveaways. It's a quick, easy thing to do. Just have a few giveaways, nothing elaborate. You don't got to spend a truckload of money. You know, we, we might spend a couple hundred bucks, if that, on some giveaways. And we help people in the church. They put together baskets. And we, like this, we had a family. So family fun nights work really well for us in our context. And we had a family fun night. We do a family fun night every month in the month of uh, in the summer months. And we had a family fun night last Friday, and it was a little lower attended because it was Canada Day weekend. But it's just a way we invite the community. We send it out, and it's also a way we keep in touch with all of our campers' mm-hmm. families throughout the summer. And uh, so they come, and and we get we have those giveaways, and we do raffles, and we call up their tickets, and they come. And, and, and in order to be eligible for that giveaway, you have to sign up, and so people will do it. And it's it's and we they can have a you know it's it, when somebody signs up on anything we do, they automatically go into our database. And so they can unsubscribe. So that would be a takeaway, I would say. Getting some organization in the beginning stages of your church plant, making sure that you have a clear setup to where you're putting people in a database, you're getting them information, you're staying connected, you're communicating. Communication is so important. And letting them know. So I would say like having outreach events where you you just do them to do them. And everybody feels like, man, that's great. In the beginning, we didn't always do a great job of collecting people's information and mm-hmm. staying connected with them. That's really important. And I'll just go back to this too. You know, have some clear goals of what you want to happen from the event. If you, and then the next, the invite to the next thing. Yep, that's big. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, invite to the next thing. Like, if you don't have an, if you're just doing it to do it, but in the beginning stages, so like, for example, let me give you a quick scenario before we finish up. If you, If you have like a, you got like a, you know, obviously, hopefully, you've been in a pipeline, you've been training um, for for some time, you know, SIN Network is incredible, the organization we're with, Nam. you know, we have pipelines that we put planners in, and they're in that pipeline, depending on what level they start at for anywhere from one to three years before they get to launch. But say you've gone on through all that training, and then you sa- say you have four preview services. So if you have your first preview services, even in your preview service, what are you inviting them to? So if you have a community event or an outreach event in between each one of your preview services. At that community event, talk about your next preview service. Talk yeah. about your small groups. Talk about your discipleship pathway. Talk about all those kinds of things. Always giving them the next invitation to the next thing. It, this, I'll just kind of put the finishing bow for me personally. I would say the event, the service, the thing, whatever that your church plan does, that is not the end Goal that is not mm-hmm. the finish line, no. it is always an invitation to the next step yep. in your journey. So, I would say that that's good, man. That's good. Well, you stole my last one. So. What seriously? I
0: didn't even look at the notes, man. Let me see. Really, I didn't. You actually didn't steal it this time.
1: What? Oh man, this is a good one. Personally invite people, have the event in your back pocket to invite people while you're already out in the community. Sharing. We talked about that,
0: we did, we did,
1: but that's yeah. still really good. Thank you. You're welcome, bro. I
0: appreciate that. Thanks for that compliment. Well, I think that's all we've got for today. Um, I think you know outreach events are you know something that uh, it's a super important part uh, of what we do as church planners. It's definitely a great way to get out into the community um, and get in front of people because you know, like I tell people all the time, uh, the days of sticking a welcome sign out front of your church and just expecting the masses to walk in, yeah, uh, are pretty much over. And I'd say that's true in all of North America. And so um, I think you know planning. Well done outreach events um, is extremely important. Um, But, you know, I think that um, also focusing on the theology beneath them and, um, like like you said, Matt, uh, talking about, uh, you know, having clear goals. Yeah. What are we really trying to accomplish here uh, is critical.
1: I got to say one last thing or I'll, I'll, um, you know, I'll kick myself when we get done. I'd say the biggest mistake probably in the beginning, one of the biggest mistakes we made in the beginning was, um, you know, my wife did a really good job of this, but me personally, I did not, we, we didn't, I did not lead us well in this. When you're a planter, the DNA you set as a team is so important and so I don't care if your core team is two people involve them in the planning of the event That's good. you have to get away from that my wife and I or uh, you know just whoever it mm-hmm. might be and if, if you got somebody that you have a preview service and you got six people ask them like are you interested in, in serving the community and if three of them say yes give them a job to do at that event you're in charge of the food you're in charge of serving you're in charge of registering people and, and free up some time for you and your your wife and other people on your core team to actually intentionally connect and build relationships with people because you'll finish an event and you'll say, look, all these people, or we had a really great thing and we didn't even get to have a conversation because we were working the whole time. Yeah. And so I would say include other people in your team, let them be a part of the planning process. Yep. And we've, we've just formed an event planning team now. There you go. Now you don't, you
0: can't, uh, not necessarily going to be able to do that right when you start. I mean, if you start right. with like a core team of 30 people, uh, then uh, you might be able to do that if you got sent out from the Summit Church. JD Greer's at or something. Shout out JD Greer. <laughs> Shout out JD. It's awesome that they get to do that. I wish we could send out teams of thirty people. Yeah. Um. But you know, once you get a little bit farther down the road, man, like like Matt said, delegate that stuff and you know, put together a team uh, who can you know plan events and who can take care of a lot of those details. Uh, Because I think the most important job for us as the planters is to connect with people at the events and not be worried about the details of, you know, the nuts and bolts of the event itself. Yeah. Uh, Because ultimately all those things are doing are serving your larger purpose, which is having gospel conversations and connecting with people. That's the larger purpose. Absolutely. Always keep that in mind. Don't get lost in the details. That's right. Um, So, all right. Well, hey guys, uh, I just want to thank you again for listening to this week's podcast, so make sure you head over to our website, www.getinthetrenches.com to listen to other episodes. Uh, we need your help getting the word out about In the Trenches. So if this uh, episode, if this podcast has been beneficial at all to you, then do us a huge favor and head on over to iTunes or to Google Play and uh, or also Stitcher and subscribe to In the Trenches and leave us a rating, five-star ratings only, please, uh, and and a written review. And that really helps increase our visibility. Another thing uh, that you could do that would really help us is share our posts on social media. Um, so whenever we're, uh, you know, posting on Twitter or on Facebook about uh, new episodes coming out, if you guys could share those, uh, that definitely would help us out a lot. Uh, so uh, we'd be extremely grateful if you'd continue to help us do that. We'll be back with another episode next Monday. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners.